Are you downsizing? Maybe need more room because of additions to the family, or possibly seeking that dream home you've always wanted. Well, Tim Eisner at Royal LePage Atlantic is the guy for you. With a proven track record and multiple awards, Tim goes above and beyond to find out your needs and exactly what you're looking for. So if you're seeking a new home or trying to sell your current one, contact Tim at 902-499-5717 or check him out on Facebook at Tim Eisner. Again, that's 902-499-5717. Trust me, when all is said and done, we'll be saying Tim Eisner strikes again. What is going on, everyone? Hope y'all had an amazing weekend. Welcome to another episode of Outside the Shoot. I'm your host, Randy Frame. This week's OTC Player of the Week comes to us from Cali as Jalen Toledo of the Firecrackers Brashear 16U team takes home the honors. Jalen hit 667 with two doubles, one triple, two home runs, and seven RBIs last weekend at the USA Preps Best of the Best in Las Vegas, Nevada. Fantastic job, Jalen. Best of luck moving forward. On to this week's guest, and we sat down and chatted with 2017 USA Softball Collegiate Player of the Year and University of Florida Gator alum, Kelly Barnhill. Kelly's career to date has been nothing short of amazing. As mentioned with the Player of the Year Award, she's a three-time NFCA All-American, ESPNW Player of the Year Award winner. She won an ESPY Award in 2017, along with the Honda Sport Award and SEC Pitcher of the Year. Now that's just a sample size of many of awards Kelly has won. We're going to talk about her love for traveling, and, and she's been to so many places. I'm telling you right now, if you want to see some amazing travel photos, check out Kelly's Instagram page, which is at kcaitlin111. That's at kkatlyn111. There is some awesome stuff on there. We also get into how she started playing the game, her path to the University of Florida, her epic 2017 season where she won almost every award possible, as well as what's on the go for Kelly right now and much, much more. Kel was an absolute pleasure to chat with. I'm sure we're definitely going to be keeping in touch over our love for Miraculous Ladybug alone. (laughs) What am I talking about, you're probably wondering? Well, check out the episode and find out. With that being said, grab that drink, sit back, relax, because here we go. I've got the world in my palm. Lights, camera, action, it's on. I can't describe what I'm feeling. Ain't never felt this freedom. I've got the world in my palm. Here we go. We are happy to have on with us today, three-time NFCA All-American, 2017 SB Award winner, 2017 USA Collegiate Player of the Year, and University of Florida Gators alum, the one and only Kelly Barnhill. Kel, thanks for coming on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Very excited to be here today. How's things going down in New Zealand? Oh, it, it's been really amazing. Um, 
We've actually we, we've actually been taking about a month break off for the holidays, uh, but now we're getting back into training and we will uh, start playing games again in about uh, a week and a half, two weeks now. Right. Um, so I always get I always get excited to start playing again. Oh no, don't no. How's the uh, how's the season looking? Uh, it's 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 looking pretty well. We're kind of in the. We're in the second part of our season. Um, so the way the season works here, you pretty much play all of the teams in your region. So we, I play out of Auckland. I play for Howick. Okay. Um, so you play all the teams in your region um, once in the beginning part of the season. And so there's what? There's five. There's nine teams. So nine teams. And then from there. You, the top four teams play each other in another round robin, and the bottom five teams play each other in another round robin. Oh wow! And then from the, it gets very complicated and a little convoluted at sometimes. <laughs> um, I'm like, this doesn't quite make sense. No. Uh, so the top four, te- the top four teams play each other again, and then based on those rankings, um, one and two go play to go to like the championship game. And then like three, four, and five, because five, the winner of the loser's pool gets to come up to the winner's pool. And then they play some games. I'm not exactly sure how that looks. Wow. But essentially, if you're if you're one or two, you play that that one or two game, and then the winner goes immediately to the championship. The loser of that game goes down and plays in the three, four, five pool. And then the winner of that goes up and plays in the championship game. Holy cow. <laughs> Like that, yeah. It, it's a you, you got to wrap your head around it. It's it's a lot. I guess it is. Wow, that is that's. Uh, I was trying to write it down, but I lost. Yeah. I lost it after the second sentence. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's it, it, it's interesting for sure. And I've never really. Yeah. Uh, I've never played in a setup like this. And right. It's it's, it, it's taken a bit to get used to. Kind of like, and they even do kind of like their tournaments this way as well. Right. I'm yep. like. So it's just it's 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 interesting to see the different perspective and learning the new way of how they do it. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Now the funny thing is, like, it, if anyone follows you on Instagram, they may think you're <laughs> you're part of your world tour right now. Because <laughs> I mean, I I gotta admit, I love when you've been posting your travel, like everything about it. So yeah, I want to touch on that just before we get to quick pitches because. I have to talk about because I'm a geography nut. I told you that before. <laughs> like, where did it all start? Like, like where did you start your travel like journey? Where did it all begin, and where are you right now? Um. So, I would say honestly, like I've always really had a deep love and appreciation for travel. Like my first time really going abroad. I mean, I went to Mexico with my family on like family vacation, like seventh grade or something. But mm-hmm. like, really started. Um, my fresh going into my freshman year of high school, um, I did like a study, like a, an exchange kind of study abroad program. It was only for like two weeks. Um, I think maybe 10 days, but it was through the Confucius Institute of Kennesaw state university. Um, and we got to go over to China, um, and like study at a school there and take like cultural classes and language classes for about a week or a week and a half, like I said. Um, and I think for me that really kind of sparked my joy and love for travel and getting to experience different places and cultures and, you know, seeing how other people live, especially like on the other side of the world. Mm. Um, and then from there, it really only grew, um, for when I was playing with team USA, I had some really great opportunities to travel to Japan, Canada, Dominican Republic, 
Um, and so I just, I kind of had this idea and dream that, that I could be using softball to help me travel and see the world. Um, and so that's, that's kind of what I've done the last five years, really. Uh, I guess maybe more, probably more like three ish. Oh, wow. Um, since, wow. uh, graduating college. Um, so I've played, I've played softball professionally in Taiwan, Italy, the Netherlands, Colombia. Um, I've played in Australia and I'm currently playing in New Zealand. Well, so you could see it all, all over the, all over the world. Wow. That's, that's exactly, awesome. That's exactly. amazing. And I'm just, I, I'm just really big on taking those opportunities too, when I'm in these places to go out and travel. Yeah. I mean, I feel like, especially, especially being from the United States, one of the biggest costs of traveling is that plane ticket and getting overseas. Right. That's one of the biggest costs. So once you're there, um, travel gets a little bit cheaper in that, um, especially in Europe, you can go through the train systems and everything. Flights are a lot cheaper from place to place. Mm -hmm. Like you can get a flight from like Amsterdam to London for like 60 euros sometimes. You Holy know, depending cow. On the times you're going. Wow. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. So <laughs> it's just taking advantage of those opportunities and like, Hey, like I have an off day. I have two off days from softball. When I was living in um, Italy, I was like, okay, I'm going to go down to Rome. I'm going to go see Venice. I'm going to go up to Lake Como, wow. you know? And a lot of these times, like I necessarily couldn't get, I, people weren't necessarily willing to go with me. They were busy. They didn't have an interest. So um, I would go alone. Um, I've done a lot of solo traveling and I, I really do love solo traveling. Hmm. But the, it, oh, man, that, that, I'd be kind of scared actually. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> but that, I think it's, it's, I yeah. think it's just, I mean, like it, it, it can be very scary and I get a lot of comments sometimes like, oh my gosh, you're like so brave being a woman and doing this by yourself. And like, I mean, like it's true to a point, but I feel like I, I always, I, I, I feel like if you are kind of, you know, being aware of your surroundings and, you know, doing your research before you go places right, right, and staying yeah. and like, if you're cautious and you're kind of being aware and cognizant, honestly, it's no dangerous than walking around any city in the U S very true. I mean, yeah. I think I've only had, like, I've been traveling, what, for the last, like I said, three or four years. And, like, there's only been one instance, like, I really didn't feel safe. Oh, yeah. What, um, what was that? And that, that was in the Paris subway. Oh. Um, <laughs> but other than that, like, I've traveled to a lot of different places. And for the most part, I've felt pretty safe and secure. Um, but I think it's, I think, I think there's something really special about solo traveling. Um, and I, I think in general, too, I think even if you're not solo traveling, I think a lot of people, especially young girls, I think you need to be, start being more comfortable, like doing things on your own and not waiting around for other people to do things like, Hey, if you want to go out to this nice restaurant and no one wants to come, or if you wanted to go to the movies, if you want to go to a hike, like, I mean, like I said, you always be careful with the things you do, but mm -hmm. like, go and do it. Don't wait for other people to live your life the way you want to. Yeah. Very good message. Absolutely. Very good message. A couple of things I want to uh, talk to you about from your, of course, your Instagram pictures. There's a few, mm -hmm. a few places I want to ask you about. Cause I was like, of course. I was like, Oh man, that would have been amazing to be at now. Yeah. I'm going to be honest too. I have, I, I have, I am still so behind. I have stuff. From no way. Last summer. 
I, 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 I went to Scott. I, I, I still haven't finished posting Ireland, Scotland, or like England. Like oh, I come on, Kel, get, get on that. I know. <laughs> I was so proud of myself that I finished my trip with, I did a, uh, the most, the, the most recent trip that I ended up finishing was the one with my mom. My mom flew hmm. out to Europe and we got to travel for 17 days together. We did Croatia. Uh, we actually popped into Bosnia, Herzegovina for a sec. And then we did Turkey and Egypt. Um, and that's, that's the big trip. I just finished posting. I was like, yes, I finished it. I can't course, wait. I just traveled the last like month in New Zealand right. and I'm still haven't posted that. I'm, <laughs> I'm not the best about keeping tabs on social media. Oh well. Um, and like, if you look at my social media, you're like, is she still playing softball? I'm like, yes, I am still playing softball. I'm just bad about it. Oh, that's hilarious. That's hilarious. Actually, I got to ask about the hot air balloons in Turkey. Because oh I saw that and Absolutely I was like, that magical. is amazing. Honestly, I that that's Cappadocia, Turkey, and I would go back there in a heartbeat. It was absolutely breathtaking, magical. Like, like you, 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 you sometimes you would like, I don't know if you've seen it, but like I'd always seen like those pictures online. You're like, those have got to be like Photoshop. Like, 100%. No way that's 100%. Yeah. Like, there's no way. And then you go there and you see it and you're like, oh, it's hey. real. <laughs> You're like, there, there are really no words for it. It's, it's just like, it's just amazing how beautiful these places like, and also like hot air balloons. Like, like I never thought about hot air how balloons was that? before, but like, like you literally like, you don't, like, it doesn't feel like it's moving at all. It's so smooth. Really? Like, you're just going up and down and you're just like, it's not rocking or anything. It, it was very smooth. Like I, smoother than a lot of takeoffs from airplanes <laughs> that I've been in. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Like, so like when it's like the white, the basket, of course, you're staying, I, I call it a basket because it looks like a basket, but. Uh, yeah, they're a basket. I'm so sure. like. I'm sure that's the official term. Right. Like the footing underneath, like it's got to be pretty stable. Like you don't feel like you're going to yeah. go through, right? No, not at all. Okay. I didn't. I, I didn't have that. Th- I didn't have that thought once when I was in it. Well, I hope uh, not. They're pretty. They're pretty big baskets. They have like these baskets carry about sixteen people each. Holy. So. Well, yeah. If there were sixteen people in, if I was in one, I'd be like, uh, I don't think I want to be in with sixteen people. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, Stonehenge. Yes, yeah, Stonehenge. Oh my gosh, Stonehenge was so cool. Like I had one friend. She's like. She's like, why did you like Stonehenge so much? It's just a bunch of rocks. I was like, it's just a bunch of rocks. Yeah. I was like, um, so I actually did a special experience at Stonehenge. And it was honestly like not that like maybe like 20, 30 euros more expensive or pounds more expensive than doing just like a normal ticket. But you go either at sunset or sunrise and they only allow like 30 people at a time. Oh, it's only 30 people like in that time per day. Right. And you actually get to go, you get to pass the line and you get to actually like walk in the stones that are around the stones. No touching the stones. You're not allowed to touch the stones. Oh, really? But <laughs> you get to like, yeah, because they have like this, um, this moss or something that's on them that's protected. Oh, okay. So hmm. there's it's something like that. So you're not allowed to touch the stones, but like you can walk through the stones and around the stones. And like, it's honestly just like, or just like a really magical place and you can kind of just like feel the energy there yeah i, I would have been kind of an, i would have been in awe like i like you know stuff like that yeah. i just love and and you know stonehenge it's it's you know epic like it's everybody it knows about it it's right like, it's like it's like high fa- it's like high fantasy yes yes so yeah i saw i saw that you know you did the video running through 
the like mm-hmm. the rocks and I was like, oh she is so lucky <laughs> yeah yeah I am I'm a, I'm a little bit extra when I travel like people are like oh like you're backpacking I'm like I'm not a backpacker per se I have this like the one of the big suitcases not like the little ones the right. big wheelie suitcases <laughs> and that thing's filled 50 pounds up because like I like I like my pretty dresses yeah. I like my flowy skirts I'm gonna have a corset or two you know like I like <laughs> I like taking pretty pictures in pretty places. <laughs> yes. Why wouldn't you though? So, like, of course. Of exactly. Course. So. Um, the pyramids in Egypt. Cause yes, those floored me. I was like, if there's one place I would like, you know, love to go and, and view and experience, it's definitely the pyramids. So like, how was that for you? Honestly, more than the pyramids, I was more impressed with like the Valley of the Kings and Queens. Like Queen Nefertiti's tomb was like, honestly, for me, like the most like interesting thing there was. Because like, if you look at the pictures and everything, it literally looks like this wasn't done, you know, like hundreds and hundreds of years ago. It literally looks like it could have been painted on yesterday. Oh, really? Um, yeah, yeah. It's one of the most preserved tombs. And you know what's really cool about Egypt is that like, and at least two of the spots that we were, I think one is, it was in the Valley of the Queens. And then also when we went to Saqqara, mm-hmm. um, in Cairo or Giza, um, literally like two weeks after we left, uh, Saqqara, like they said like, Oh look, they're like doing some digging over there. They think they might've found something literally two weeks later. Like they're like, Oh yeah. Well they found like 300 mummies and like the tomb of an unknown queen and all this no. stuff. Like it was so, Yeah. I was, I was geeking out. Like, I was like, <laughs> that's amazing. Like we were almost a part of history. We we're almost there when it happened. <laughs> yeah, really? Um, oh, wow. But yes, no, the, the tombs, like the, the tombs were absolutely amazing. Like they floored me. Um, and like, so cool. Mm. The pyramids, of course, just the, the sheer size of them. Right. You, and you just think about the technology and stuff that they had and, how they built those and the engineering behind it is just mind blowing. It's like, you, you look at it and you're like, yeah, I can figure why some people would think aliens have built this. Yeah, really uh, though. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, I don't see how a human could have done this, <laughs> but like, you know, it's, um, and of course I had to go inside the tombs. I was like inside the pyramid. I was like, there's nothing really inside the pyramids. Um, at least not, they don't like there's like there's no inscriptions on the walls like the tombs or anything mm. that are like down in the Valley of the Kings. But I'm like, you got to go inside the pyramid to say you've been inside the pyramid. Oh, 100 you know? percent. Absolutely. You have to. So. <laughs> That's a, mm-hmm. all right. OK. The last one I got to talk about is yes. because this kind of threw me off when I saw your pictures because I had a totally different perspective of how this place was in my head was Croatia. Mm-hmm. And oh my gosh, Croatia. Yeah. Like I, I was like, Croatia. wow, that place is beautiful. Croatia is probably one of the most underrated places. Yeah. Uh, and honestly, it's grown a lot in popularity in the last couple of years, especially with like Game of Thrones being um, mm. filmed in uh, Split and Dubrovnik and stuff. Um, but honestly, like this is this was my second trip to Croatia. Um, and I, I did love this trip. But honestly, my favorite trip to Croatia was back last year when i say last year i guess i mean 2021 not 2022 right, so yeah. 2021 um i did a week-long road trip uh through the northern peninsula of croatia and it was just like i like i i wasn't like i had zero expectations for croatia like 
I happened to be, I was helping the Italian national team train and like pitching to them to help them get ready for the Olympics at the time. Okay. Um, and like the camp place happened to be like a two hour drive from Croatia. I was like, I don't know. I was like, at the time I was like, I don't necessarily know if I want to go do this extra training. And then one of my teammates is like, it's two hours from Croatia. You can go and do a trip there. And I was like, okay done <laughs> done um i'm a big road tripper like i i like all my really all the trips i really like doing are like getting a car and just kind of going so mm. i got a rental car for a week and i drove around northern croatia and like visited like uh Plitzvitka national park um and Kraka Kraka. well I, I i butchered that but like those are the bit the really gorgeous waterfalls and the blue water and right. everything well, that's even better if you get a, you get a vehicle to because then you get to really experience everything. Oh yes, well yes, yes, and I would say for Croatia, vehicle is almost needed because it doesn't have the same um, public transit that a lot of the Central Europe has. Oh, okay, so it's really a lot harder to get around and stuff. You'd be relying on buses, and those aren't necessarily reliable, especially if you're kind of on a time crunch and you're on your own schedule. Right. So right, that makes sense. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. Well. Let's get to quick pitches. I know we're we're, okay. we're 18 minutes into the podcast and usually I'm starting quick pitches around the three or four minute mark. So <laughs> <laughs> I could talk about traveling. All I know. Day long. So could I. So could I. Which, you know, people are going to listen. Are they going to talk about travel and everything for anyway? It's like, is this a softball podcast? <laughs> oh, man. Yes. Yes, it is. Yes, I it is. Softball to get overseas and travel. 100%. <laughs> all right. So anyway, quick pitches. I'm going to throw some yeah. random questions to you. You okay. answer them as best you can. I call it quick pitches. You don't have to answer really quick. It's just a okay. crafty name I come up with. So <laughs> first one, if you had to live off one meal for a week, what is it? Oh, one meal. Um, oh, pot roast. Okay. My mom's pot roast. Hey, that's okay. Hey, anything that mom makes is usually good, right? I know. Oh my gosh, I miss my mom's cooking. Uh, next one. Biggest thing you miss at University of Florida? I would probably say like the atmosphere around athletics and like the, just the amount of support that you get, um, whether it was softball, football, basketball, gymnastics, you know, just kind of that atmosphere. Because honestly, yeah, like college softball and the support they have around it, there really isn't anything like it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, hopefully we, they can, we can continue to grow the game and get more fans at the post-college level, but you really don't see that kind of support past college right now. Right. And I think that's really cool. Uh, next one. What's your favorite thing to bake? Oh, I'm a, I like cupcakes, cupcakes and oh. cakes are probably my favorite because I get to get creating creative with like the icing and everything yep. and make different decorations and designs. I actually just made some, um, I had, I, I literally brought over canned pumpkin, um, for Thanksgiving. It was my first Thanksgiving away from home. So I brought it from the United States with me and I have some extra. Um, so I made a cupkin, pumpkin cupcakes with a buttercream cream cheese icing. Oh, uh, that days. sounds delicious. Oh, it was very good. It was very good. <laughs> wow. Uh, coolest thing about playing in Taiwan? Ooh. I, I think the coolest thing is just, just how different it is, you know? Like, it is just like, 
wildly different from playing in places like Asia, or not Asia, from playing places like uh, Europe and Italy and the mm-hmm. Netherlands and the United States. Um, just because everything, everything is essentially a, a culture shock, you know? Right. Um, like, and you don't necessarily like have the language to communicate with people and you have to be creative and you have to be able to like work with your, like, I think last time I played in Taiwan, only about five of my teammates spoke English. And of of that, maybe only three of them spoke good English. So it's building those relationships and creating those bonds, even though, you know, you don't speak the same language, you know, you're creating these bonds and, and pretty much, you know, making friends with your teammates through Mm -hmm. softball. Yeah. Um, and I think, um, that's just really cool, especially trying all the different food and everything. The night markets in Taiwan are very cool. And are I'm they? very excited to be going back to Taiwan because the bubble tea, oh, do you, if you like bubble tea, it, it's, it was invented in Taiwan. And so it's so amazing there. And it's also so cheap. What is bubble tea? Bubble tea? It's like, um, it's like tea and they have like little tapioca pearls in them at the bottom, or they have like little jelly pearls that burst or whatever. And huh. it's like. Wow. Tea, fruits. You've never heard of bubble tea? I Hey, we're, I'm up here in Canada. I don't get, oh. <laughs> I don't know I what mean, bubble tea you is. Guys have a, you guys have a pretty decent Asian population in Canada, though, don't True. you? True. Know? Oh, yeah, yeah. So, like, I don't, you know what? I've never heard of bubble tea. I'm probably going to get ripped, you should, ripped you about this. You should this, look but... up bubble tea for sure. And if, you're, if, you go, <laughs> if you go and try it, I would start with a basic, just like a, a milk tea. Okay. A milk tea with the tapioca pearls. Okay. That's what I recommend. Well, I will take your advice then. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, a few more here. Uh, one place on earth you haven't been to that's on your bucket list. Nowhere. I've been um, everywhere. <laughs> no, no, I haven't been everywhere by any means. Um, Montana. But I, I have been to Montana. Oh, okay. I have. Um, uh, but uh, I would say Greece is pretty high up there. Okay. I always really loved Greek mythology growing up, and I haven't had the chance to get around to Greece yet. So I think I want to see all the the Parthenon, all the history and culture there, um, and also the food. Mm-hmm. So yep. I think Greece is pretty high up there. And Iceland. Oh, my gosh. Iceland looks absolutely amazing. I would love to go to Iceland. Yeah, that I actually, uh, when I was playing junior hockey here in Canada, I almost had the chance to go to Iceland for like a, like an all-star game. If, mm-hmm. if my team had got beat out in the first round of the playoffs, I was going to be able to go, but we advanced. So <laughs> I couldn't go. So that was kind of a bummer, <laughs> but I did keep playing on in the playoffs. So, I mean, that was a bonus. <laughs> but anyway, um, Favorite uniform color combination with the Gators? Ooh, I really liked our tri-colored um, white jerseys. So it was like our white jersey that had like the blue. It was like, I think it was like maybe like blue or orange sleeves and it had the Gators across the front. Um, I think with either, I think the blue pants. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I like the white jersey, the, the tri-colored white jersey with our blue pants I think that was one of my favorites. I also really loved um, one of the jerseys we had my senior year. It was like the football style jersey. Yes. It had like a number on the front. Yeah, that those were sharp. one of my favorite jerseys that I had as well. Yeah, those were those were definitely sharp. Uh, two more here. If you could play one game over again, what would it be? Uh, the 2017 National Championship game, the 17-inning uh, game. Uh that makes sense. <laughs> that makes total sense. <laughs> that was so long. 
it, it was long. It was like five and a half hours. Yes. I pitched, I pitched well, seven innings. Yeah, we'll, and dove, we'll talk about we'll we'll talk about yeah, that in detail in a bit. <laughs> uh, last one. <laughs> Favorite show to binge watch. Ooh, I'm gonna be honest with you. I really don't watch a lot of TV. Um, I do a lot more reading. I read like a lot of like fantasy romance, like supernatural kind of books. And so yeah. I, when I'm, when I have free time, I normally do that. Um, but like, I do like, like fantasy shows. Like I, I definitely binge watched Wednesday when it came out. That was such a good, um, oh, that was so good. I like, loved it. I like the, the Winx Fate saga. I watched that when it came out. Um, the Witcher, mm-hmm. like that kind of, that's kind of, that's kind of what I lean into that kind of stuff. The fantasy fairies, like, you know what I was hoping uh, doing my research. I was hoping, you know what I was hoping you were going to say though? What? Miraculous ladybug. Oh, I do love miraculous ladybug. So I really do, do I. I, I like, it's I, I really I'm waiting for the fifth season because the fifth season's coming is like out on like regular Disney regular, Channel. I'm yes. for it to start streaming because the end of the fourth season was just like <laughs> wild. Here's what I don't um how does Marinette and Adrian don't know each other? Like that they're Cat Noir and Ladybug. Like <laughs> it's, <laughs> you know it's, what I mean? It's, it's the stupidity of it. Like we all we all <laughs> we all know it's stupid, but we all love it I know. anyway. I know. And of course, like and from, from what I've heard, you know, the little relationship square is going to be changing in the next season. Oh, really? So, wow. Yeah. Okay. okay. That's a good little nugget to have on, on the podcast here. No, no one else is, no one else is going to know what I'm talking about. <laughs> no, you know, what's funny is that <laughs> friends of mine are going to hear this and say, you watch Ladybug Miraculous? What are you, what are you talking about? The hey. Miraculous Ladybug? Hey, come on. <laughs> it is very it is very good. I feel so bad for Hawk Moth. He tries so hard. But <laughs> yes. Oh, okay, but also man. if you think about it, half the time, half the villains are caused by either Marinette or her friends. <sighs> like, she causes her own problems. You know what? <laughs> Don't even get me started on Julica because... <laughs> Oh, Julica. Like when someone like here's people are going to listen to this and be like, what are these guys talking about? But here's my thing. Julica, if somebody in her class sees her get upset, I'd be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Julica's upset. Like something's going to reflect is coming here soon. Come on. (laughs) Oh, okay. (laughs) Anyway, let's go on to your career now. Uh, Okay. Let's go back to the very beginning. Tell us uh, how how little young Kelly got her start in the game. Oh, okay. So I probably started playing when I was about like six years old. One of my mom's friends like played softball just kind of recreationally and was like, hey, you should get Kelly involved. Um, so I did like t-ball and then I went to softball and I was like, I was like, you know, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. So I was like, oh, my friends are playing soccer. Let me go try to play soccer. Let me tell you, I hated soccer. I hear you. Um, <laughs> But my mom was like, well, you need to play two seasons of soccer just to make sure you really don't like it. So we we knew we really didn't like soccer. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so I've been playing. So I've been playing pretty much softball ever since. And I started pitching pretty much when I I was about seven years old, whenever you can start pitching. Mm, Yeah. Um, So it's it's and I've. Honestly, like, I don't think I'd be playing softball if I wasn't a pitcher. I, I love, like, 
I love the game, but I love pitching. Me too. That's what I like to do. I'm, I'm the like, exact same. I'm a, I'm a pitcher like, as well. If I was, if I was just a hitter or a fielder, I don't think like I wouldn't be as involved as I am in like, like I, like I, I couldn't, I couldn't sit in the outfield and wait for the ball to come. Like oh. I don't have the attention span to that. I want to be moving and doing something all the time. Yes, I, you know what? I've talked about it on here before. Like you know, being a pitcher my whole life, they've like there's been games where I've had to play the outfield because of certain situations. Like, like you know, we have no player. We are out of players, and we you know what? Body, we got to throw a warm body out there. You hit a you hit a fly ball in the infield to me. Like if we're pitching, not a problem. Hit a fly ball in the outfield? Nope. I cannot judge that at all. The, the depth perception is yes. just like, why? <laughs> I know. And it's so... Oh. I also like do not have the arm strength to throw anything in nope. overhand. Nope. Me, I, I, could throw it, I could throw it from over from the back fence to, what, to, the, to the backstop underhand. Yep. But overhand, no chance. Same here. Anytime I even think about throwing overhand, it hurts. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and another thing, another funny thing I find about being a pitcher is, uh, you know, you get, say you get a, somebody lays down a bunt and you run in, yeah. you grab it, you throw it to first, like make this great play. Somebody hits one right back to you and you have time to throw it to first. Nope. Oh, you, time is, time is your worst enemy. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so frustrating. As, as someone who has chronically struggled throughout my career at some points in time, throwing to first base, time is the worst. I'd much <laughs> rather have to like run and get a ball than go immediately rather than the ball come straight at me. And I'm like, <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, I'm, I'm the same way too. I'm the same way too. Yeah. So, um, so did you have love for the game right away or was it something, you know, grew over time? You know, I just, I think it just had always been a part of my life, you know, like mm. it was, it was literally like the, I mean, like I played a couple other sports, but it was always something that was a constant in my life. And it was kind of, um, what I did, um, like it was what I spent my free time doing and it like, I, I loved what I did. I, I loved pitching. I loved, you know, working and trying to become the best I could be. And it was also a really awesome way for me and my dad to bond and everything, you know, mm. we just he'd get on his bucket and, you know, he'd let me throw balls at him. <laughs> Lord knows that man has been hit <laughs> on his shins, knees. Um, I, one year I actually hit him on his head on his birthday. Oh, um, no. <laughs> yeah, no. So he, he's a tough, he's a tough guy. He was a boxer back in the day. Oh, then he's um, good. So he he's take, good. He can take it. <laughs> he can take a hit. But, um, happy birthday, dad. Um, Here's a ball to the head. Yeah. Happy birthday, dad. Here's a nice little, you know, shiner there. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so I've always really loved, um, pitching from a very young age and mm. just like, there, I think there's really nothing like, you know, getting out there on that mound and playing the game. Yep. I agree. I agree. Now, of course you'd have a very decorated high school career with Popeye. Um, you have virtually every pitching record with the Greyhounds with video game like numbers. Um, maybe tell us about your time there and, and how easy it was for you. <laughs> <laughs> Because, I mean, it seemed like that way, but, uh, you know. It, no, no, it's definitely, not, we definitely, uh, I mean, we definitely have some good players that come out of Georgia. So some right. of the teams were competitive. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I think Georgia is definitely one of the bigger, I would say, like, hot spots when it comes to softball, especially now. Mm. Um, I see a lot of great players coming out of there, especially the area I'm from. I'm from the suburbs of Atlanta. There are a lot of teams and a lot of players coming out of that area. Oh, oh big time. Yeah. Um. But, um, I think it was just, I think honestly, 
sometimes it was a challenge, like playing at the high school level, um, especially for just like working with catchers was especially difficult. Um, just cause some of the, like, I think I ended up breaking my poor catcher's thumb in high school, like oh. once or twice, <laughs> just like, just being at the different levels. Cause, um, yeah. you know, some of the girls weren't, I would say there was probably maybe three girls on my team who played travel ball. Okay. Everyone else like played like at least like high level travel ball. The other a couple of girls might've played a little lower travel ball and other girls played just kind of recreationally. Right. right. You know? Yeah. So just like with that disparity in level, it's, uh, it becomes kind of difficult sometimes from a pitcher catcher perspective. Mm -hmm. Um, and then just, I think in general too, I think the problem a lot of time too, is that we also kind of struggled at sometimes with hitting. Um, so I feel like, <laughs> I feel like no matter how good, sometimes it's no matter how good you pitch, if you're not scoring runs, you're not going to win a game. Very I true. Pitched, <laughs> I pitched a high school state championship game and I threw a new, a no hitter for seven innings and we lost an extra innings. Oh, that hurts. That was actually, that was against uh, Megan Betza. The, uh, she played up at Michigan. It was her team, Union Grove. Okay. Wow. So. That'd be a tough one to lose, though. I mean, <laughs> throwing a no-hitter through seven. That was a tough one. That was a, <laughs> that was a tough one. I, I, I threw a perfect game here the other day and lost in extra innings. Here no, in you didn't. Did yeah, you? I threw a perfect game and threw seven innings and we lost in extra innings. Oh. <laughs> That hurts. That hurts. Oh, man, I feel bad. Frustrating. <laughs> no doubt. Oh, I feel so bad for him. Oh. Yeah. So that was definitely frustrating. But yeah. I think it's good too. I think. I think for those kind of, like playing at those levels and here too, it just help. It really kind of not forces you, but like you you get to you have the opportunity. You have the opportunity to kind of work on some leadership skills. True. And yep. you know, kind of like not coaching your fellow teammates, but like helping them out. Helping like them, yep. you see something, like say something sort of thing. Like, Hey, like I noticed you're doing this. Like, have you considered doing it this way? Whatever. Mm -hmm. Like you don't want to be patronizing or anything, but like help, help a friend out. Like if someone sees something with my pitching and they think they can help that, I would love to hear it. I exactly. think like that's honestly, that's one of the cool things about like playing at the professional level, especially when I was like playing in the NPF and stuff. And I was and and on team USA, honestly, mm. is being around other pitchers, who like threw differently were better at different things and having them watch you and give feedback, you know? Yeah. Well, getting that so constructive, that really constructive cool criticism that is huge, right? Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And like, you don't have to, you don't have to, you don't have to take every bit of criticism or whatever, or advice that you get, but you pick up things here and there and help kind of build your knowledge base. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. If you're into online sports betting, well, we have the app for you. I'm telling you right now, I use it personally, and it's helped me cash out at the highest odds possible a few times now. You see, betting lines have different odds at each sportsbook. By using the BetStamp app, you can line shop across all sportsbooks to ensure you are finding the best value available for each wager. It's like using Trivago to find the best deals possible, essentially. I'm sure everyone has used Trivago at one point in their lives. Well, by using BetStamp, that's exactly what you're doing in the sports betting world by trying to find the best payback for your buck. I'm telling you right now, this app is awesome. Go download it today and use the referral code OTC. Well, what are you waiting for? Do it now. Again, that code is OTC. Um, 
let's talk about that recruiting process. What, uh, yes. What led to the decision to university of Florida? Oh, so the, so for me, um, and this was a different time in the recruiting process. I know the rules have changed a lot now. Mm -hmm. Um, but for me, honestly, like I was never a big person to watch college softball. I like, and honestly, till this day, I'm really not a big softball spectator. Mm-hmm. I love playing the game. And maybe it's because I've just spent so much time of my life playing the game that I don't really want to spend a lot of my free time around the field. Um, I like doing <laughs> other things in my free time. Yeah. Um, so, like, I never really watched a lot of college softball until maybe I was maybe like mid mid high school when I was like, oh, like I'm I'm looking at going at these places. Maybe I'll kind of watch them and see how they're doing, you know, sort of thing. Mm-hmm. But Going into, I was in like, I think in eighth grade, someone asked me like, well, where do you want to go to college? And my response at the time, I was like, yeah, wherever will give me a scholarship. <laughs> um, Great answer. That didn't, that didn't end up being a problem, thankfully. <laughs> uh, so, um, so I think I got my first verbal offer two weeks into my freshman year of high school. And then a lot of other ones after that. Mm-hmm. Um, but what other schools were in the running? For me, my top three ended up being Stanford, Northwestern, and Florida. Oh, okay. Wow. Okay. So, so Stanford and Northwestern, I mean, well, Stanford, especially not known as a huge softball, you know, powerhouse, but I mean, you know, Northwestern's pretty decent, but. Florida obviously is the is the powerhouse out of those three. Well, yeah, especially yeah. at the time, they had just come off of winning two national championships. Right. I didn't commit. I committed very late in the process. I didn't commit until what I think it was October like twentieth of my senior year of high school. Most girls that I played with had already been committed or verbaled for two years at that point. Holy! Um, How much pressure were you getting? Um. I honestly wasn't really from the from the teams I was talking to. I was not being pressured to commit. Oh, okay. Um, okay. And t- in teams who I talked to who did pressure me to commit, I just wasn't interested. Mm-hmm. Um, if they had to be like at that point in time for Stanford, you have to get into Stanford before they can like, you know, extend the scholarship offer and everything. Yeah. So like at that point in time, like I had to. I had to be able to apply and get in and kind of figure out where I wanted to go from there. Um, and unfortunately this was kind of a rocky time time in that period at Stanford, because that's when um, coach Rittman actually left. Um, and I really loved, I really loved um, the relationship that I had with coach Rittman um, at Stanford. And so when he left, there was a time period where they couldn't find a coach for Stanford for like, Mm, a good six months ish at least and that was like going in my junior or senior year so like i was like well i don't i can't make a decision there unless i know until i know who the coach is until i get to know them you know right and so like coach walton and northwestern are both willing to wait and kind of help you know just help me make my not help me make my decision but like they're willing to wait and i'm gonna tell you university of florida is very good at recruiting they are very persistent and they're very good they know how they know how to make a player feel wanted. They know how to put on, like I would get, I would get cards in the mail. Um, I think one time they sent like a fax to the school. Um, 
And like, well, this of course always like my junior, senior year when you're actually allowed to make contacts. Right. Um, some like, some of our listeners are probably like, what's a fax? <laughs> yeah. Like, like a, it was like a, yeah, a fax or whatever thing, you know? Yeah. And then um, I would, what I would do when I would go to pitching lessons every week, um, my dad would make me call the teams, like the coaches of the teams that I was interested in. And I'd have conversations with them on the way to pitching lessons. Um, you know, so trying to get to know the coach and kind of their personalities and stuff. I'm, I'm sure that I've interrupted coach Walton during practice <laughs> for the four years that I was being recruited. Um, cause I probably call him like right at like five 30 ish. And like, that's probably right at the end of practice. And he'd always stick up my calls and talk to me. <laughs> he was probably like, Right in the middle of end of practice. <laughs> He's probably um, with the other coaches. That, oh, it's Kelly Barnhill. I got to take this call. It's, it's Kelly. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> got to have a conversation. Yeah. And like half the time, we don't even talk about softball stuff. It's like, hey, like how's life going? How's whatever? Like, well, that's good though. That's a good way. Like you know, building. that's a good way to you know find out what he's like as a person. Though, I mean, oh, and, exactly, yeah. exactly. Building those relationships, like, because it's not like. It's not just like, oh, you want to know what they're all, like on the field. Like you want to, you're going to be around this person, your coach for four years, a whole lot of time. Mm -hmm. So you want to know like who they are outside of softball and what, like, what are their values? Yeah. And like through all those conversations with Coach Walton, like we built a really great relationship. And like, I know if I need something, like I could always turn to Coach Walton. He'd be willing to help me. Mm -hmm. And if he couldn't help me, he'd find, he'd help me find someone who could help me. Right. And that's huge. That's, that's really huge. It exactly. Really yeah. yeah, exactly. So like for me, it ended up being going back to kind of the recruiting. Um, I went on my, I ended up ruling. I really did like Northwestern. It had good softball and it had good academics, but Stanford had good, so like good softball played in the pack and really great academics. And Florida had great softball and good academics. Mm -hmm. So Northwestern was kind of, the bunch it was also in chicago yeah which i you're, you're from canada <laughs> yeah. i'm from georgia i am not a cold weather girl you're not ready for the snow <laughs> i i would i would not be mentally prepared for that i don't think i could do that kind of cold weather yeah. for a lot of time so it ended up being narrowed down to florida and stanford and then i went on my official visits my senior year and just Florida felt like home and Florida felt right. Right. right so. on. Well, let's talk about arriving there. What's the, uh, what's the biggest thing you remember about arriving on campus on freshman year? I just think I was so excited to be there. And at Florida, I thought it was so, I thought it was so cool. Um, so at Florida, we get around using like little moped scooters. So just like, oh, wow. Yeah. So, cause like, the parking on campus sucks. So like, <laughs> but there's scooter parking on campus. So that gets you closer to everything that you need to be. And like you park on, you can park on, you go like park when we do weights in the mornings, you park under the football stadium and you just kind of walk into weights because it was under the football stadium at the time. Um, and like, I think I thought like, I thought, I thought scooting around campus was the coolest little thing. <laughs> That's awesome. I really did. That's so great. I had this little blue Piaggio Typhoon scooter. I was like, boom, boom. <laughs> You're like, look at me. I am scooting. <laughs> Oh yeah, I'm scooting. We're going. Yes. Oh, that's great. Scooting is the proper verbiage for that. Yeah, yeah. scooting. I'm scooting there. Yeah. Um, one question I like to ask all former NCAA guests: um, Do you remember that first game? I'm sorry. Can you say that again? Oh, so I said like one question I like to ask all former NCAA guests that I have on: um, Do you remember that first game? 
first game. I do not remember my first first game. I remember my first SEC game. Who was that against? I vividly, I vividly remember that first SEC game. It was like, welcome to the big show. Welcome to the playing with the big girls. Um, <laughs> I gave, we, we played Auburn at Auburn. Oh. Um, I gave up three home runs, two of which were back to back. One was to Casey Cooper. The other one was to uh, Emily Carasoni. And I believe the other one was to their first baseman. I believe it was Jade something. Um, but I remember that. I remember that quite vividly. I was like, wow, this is the this is the SEC. This you have to come to play every single game, every single pitch. Um, ironically, I think playing at Auburn ended up being my last regular season SEC game, too. And I think I ended up breaking like my home, my the strikeout record there. Mm. Well, I think uh, you guys were reaching it out. Yeah. You had a, like playing Auburn. You guys had a like, you know, they gave you tough fights every time that you guys played them. Cause I mean, like, oh, yeah. No, like, I especially mean, pitching. Everyone in the SEC gives you a tough fight, especially like it's, it's wild. Yeah. Like, just how much the comp grown in the last 10 years. It is so cool to see and how competitive it is. Mm. Yep. For sure. Now, of course, there are no there are no off weekends in the SEC. No, there are no off weekends. Not at all. Not at all. Now, that freshman year, you guys, of course, you lost to Georgia in the Supers. Um, that was a pretty big upset, yes, yes. you could say. Um, for yeah. my question, I guess, how big of a motivator was that for you going into sophomore year? You know, the fact that you never saw any action in the Supers. Like, were, were you like, screw this? I'm going to show everyone what I'm capable of. Yeah, no, I just I just thought that I never wanted to be in that situation again where I felt powerless, like I could not do anything. Right. That reason, like I wasn't someone at that point in time, they thought they could turn to you to put in in a situation where they needed it. So I was like, I said, I need to be able to step up my game so I can be someone my teammates and my coaches can rely on in those big moments. I don't want to be sitting there not being able to have any control and not being able to do things while my team might need help. Yeah. So well, I think really coming in sophomore year, uh, there was a big mindset shift for me and the way I needed to work and kind of the approach mentally I needed to have to the game. Yeah. Well, I mean, on the opening, I touched on some of the things you won in that 2017 yes, season. Yes. I mean, year was a good year. Yeah. I, well, I mean, <laughs> you know, besides that, I mean, Honda sport award winner, ESPN W player of the year, SEC, SEC pitcher of the year, you know, all that. Um, uh, and so that, that season, like did, as the season went on, were you like, did your confidence level just keep getting higher and higher and higher? And you're like, you know, I got a good thing going on right now. For sure. I, it felt like everything was clicking physically, mentally, um, I don't think, honestly, I don't think I've ever pitched as well than I did in that 2017 season. Mm -hmm. I think I was in the best shape. My things were working the best they were. It also helped that no one really saw me as much my freshman year. So really the first time a lot of these teams were seeing me was that sophomore year and they'd never seen it before. And I was, I was throwing hard. I was throwing that. I was throwing my rise ball. Um, and it looks a little bit different from other people's rise balls. Yeah. Yeah. Now, 
of course, you guys made the Women's College World Series that year. What was it like for you playing in that atmosphere? Because, I mean, that's a, that's a different animal. <laughs> Even, like, playing in Super Regionals was, like, very, very intense. Mm. Um, honestly, too, we played an SEC team to go to, to go to the College World Series the four years I was at Florida. Like, oh yeah, wow! <laughs> like we played the we played Georgia, Tennessee, Alabama, and Texas A and M. That's right too. Wow, I should have noticed that when I was yeah. doing my research. I never even thought of that. That's crazy. Oh yeah, oh wow. yeah. No, so we've always had those SEC matchups. So they've always been very intense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, yeah, no, it's like even the environment to get. I think what my sophomore year. I think that was, was that Alabama? I think it was Alabama. Yeah. 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 It was Alabama. And I think we ended up going to three games. So it was just a very intense, you know, environment. And I think I remember when we won that last game, I think honestly, like there's a picture of me like jumping up and like screaming, whatever. And I like, I generally when I'm playing, like my, I try to keep my emotions at a lower, we call it a hype level. I, I, I try to stay at a lower hype level because when I start getting more excited, my body starts to tense up. So I have to try to be more relaxed and kind mm-hmm. of more calm when I'm playing. Yeah. But I think that was one of the first times I was like, Oh my gosh. Yes. You know, like <laughs> all those emotions. Actually, so- it's kind of like the goals of the team from, especially my class, my freshman class that didn't get to go to the college world series, getting back to the moment and getting back to the world series. Right. And then just getting to experience the college world series. It is, like you said, a whole different animal, the atmosphere, the environment, you know, the TV cameras, thousands and thousands of fans. I mean, yeah. yeah. I mean, but we played in the SEC. I mean, like, yes, there's definitely a lot more TV cameras, but we played in the SEC. We had almost all of our games were televised at some point or frame. Like, right. We were playing a game. It was probably televised. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, sorry, I should have went like a lot more cameras, like, in different a spots. Yeah. <laughs> like there's one in the, yes, in like the sky. Out. There's one in the sky. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Actually that you, you said about, you know, being low key on the, on the bench and everything. And it just actually, I something flashed into my head from, you know, my research is you have a, a, a video on your Instagram about there was a coach Walton was doing an interview and you were like in behind. Yeah. Him. And I was just walking right behind <laughs> Yeah. Oh, I saw that and I burst out laughing yeah. and you like realized what he was doing. You're like, uh, I'm just going to kind of inch my way out of here. Yeah. That was, that was, def- that was what I think that was, that was probably my freshman year. I think that was, a, <sighs> that was obviously a game when I was not pitching. Cause I, yeah. that was, cause we normally go over to that area to do pitching charts for the other pitchers. Oh, okay. Oh, so I, I laughed. I was, doing. I, was, I was just like, I was like, let me just go to my spot get ready. And then I, I was like, and I looked up and I was like, Oh crap! This is like what, the third, fourth inning. I was like, "Oh no, let's go back." That's hilarious. Oh, I got a good laugh over that. So, um, yeah, no, they catch a lot of interesting moments. Oh yeah, uh, the cameras and you're like, yeah. Oh, is that me? That's great. That's great. I'm like, I was like, there's probably so much, so so much footage of me eating in the dugout. I am a big snacker. Are you? That's one of the that's one of the questions I asked Coach Walton when I went to Florida. I said, "Are there snacks allowed in the dugout?" He's like, "I guess there is." He did me one better. They provide. <laughs> They provide the snacks in the dugout. Oh, perfect. That's perfect. Oh, great. Um, I got to ask about the ESPY Awards because uh, yes, I've had Taryn Mowat on here who also won the same award as you. Uh, 
she said it was somewhat nerve wracking getting up there in front of all the big names in the sports world. How was it for you? The I have not seen her presentation of what it looked like. For me, it was kind of they they well, it's 2017, so we didn't I didn't actually go up on stage. Oh. Like so they had like the big name people that they brought up on stage and then during like the commercial break, they would call up, they call the winners for the other one, but they oh. didn't give you really any instruction. So like, it was like after the show and I was like, I was like, what are we supposed to do? <laughs> I was like, we want, I won. But like, it was kind of like, so I kind of went up to one of like the people at the front. I was like, Hey, like they called my name that I won. They're like, Oh, like, Oh, here, come over here. We can take some pictures with it and everything. I was like, it was kind of a little like un- underwhelming in that point. Cause I like, I was expecting, like, you call your name, you go up on stage, whatever, like, that kind of thing. That's what I was expecting, but that's right. not what happened at all. Oh, wow. Um, wow. So, I was like, yeah. But, I mean, like, the red carpet and, like, the after party was, like, so cool because you just to see all these celebrities. Like, I, I low-key kind of stalked Michael Phelps on the red carpet. Like, he was doing an interview, ah. and I literally waited till he was done <laughs> to get a picture with him. You were like, hey, Mike. Um, <laughs> Hi. I was like, can I get a picture real quick? Literally, like, and he's like, he's like, he's like, he was kind of, he was very nice about it. Yeah. Um, but I feel like his, his was kind of over it. Like, <laughs> there's a, the pic, if you go on my Instagram, there's literally like, I'm smiling with him and she, he is, she is holding his hand, getting ready to walk away. Oh, really? Um, oh, I got to check that yes. out. Yes. It's a funny picture. <laughs> it's a funny picture. Oh. Um, but he was very nice. He was very nice enough to like take the picture with me. I got to meet like Simone Bile, Gabby Douglas. Oh, like, cool. it was, it was really cool. Cool. That's awesome. Um, yeah. So of course you go on to have another amazing two years with the Gators. Is there, is there a moment or moments that you look back on and, and you're like, man, what a time that was. I just, th- I just think, you know, just the, like, I can think back to some, like, some specific games, but I think in general, it's just kind of just, like I said, like the atmosphere of the college athletics, being there with your teammates who, you know, you bust your butt with mm-hmm. in the fall and like seeing accomplishments come to fruition in the springtime. Um, I mean, like I always think of like, honestly, probably one of the most memorable moments for me too, even though like I pitched horrible, um, was like the last game of my career. Like, that that's definitely a moment that's always stuck with me. Like it was very, it was, it was an emotional roller coaster. It was very hard. That was my um, next question, actually. But, <laughs> uh, look at that. Well, it's good. Hey, that's a good segue. That's a good segue. Cause I mean, like, of course that is a tough way for you to end it. But I mean, for coach Walton to put you back in there for that, you know, one strike and fourth, it was such a moving moment. Cause I can remember, and I had a tear in my eye when, he come out to get you. And I was like, man, that's, that's gotta be tough. But at the same time for, you know, coach Walton to put you back out. I mean, that shows you, you know, what kind of leader he was. I could not imagine playing for someone other than coach Walton. He cares so deeply about the players and he always does right by us. Mm. Um, like I remember I was, I was just getting lit up. I, I've, <laughs> I I did not have any, you know, I didn't have any gas left. Mm. I pitched the majority of the games my senior year. Um, you know, I would pit, I would pitch Friday night games, 
sometimes I'd have to come in on Saturdays and then I'd have to pitch the Sunday game. And sometimes I had to pitch the midweek game as well. Yeah. Um, so like by the time we got to the world series and also playing once again, you know, an sec school who we played already five times, no, four, four times that year. Mm-hmm. And I'd faced over 15 something times in my career, you know, yeah. they they'd seen my stuff before and I have my best stuff. So, you know, they good on them for, you know, for making me look a fool, but, <laughs> um, it's tough. I think it just kind of goes to show that like, even at, like, it is very tough. I was, I was, I was like, I was trying to stay very present in the game when I got taken out, but I was bawling. Like I had to go back to the locker room. I was bawling, crying. Cause you, you kind of knew that. I mean, like, I mean, yeah, your team's going to try to stay in that game and fight, but like, when you're down that much and you're like, I, I just was horrible. Like, I'm not going to go back in the game. That was like, like, that was my last mo like getting home runs just hammered off me was my last moments playing collegiate softball in the Gators uniform. So for coach Wallen to be like, Hey, like, that's not how you're going to be remembered. Right. Like we're, you're going out there and you're getting your last moment. Was, yeah, that's <laughs> I'm awesome. getting emotional right now. Yeah. Good for um, him. I mean, that's great. He's like, yeah. yeah. So now, uh, yeah, no, it was, it was very, very special and moving moment. Like just ama- how amazing all the fans in the stadium were like that standing ovation. It mm-hmm. was just, it's something it'll, it's something I'll always remember. Even, even if it was not the way I wanted to go out. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it, it'll always be a special moment in my heart. Oh, for sure. For sure. Now, one thing I know from your time with the Gators was, you know, how big of an inspiration you became to so many young girls. Cause, but I couldn't help but notice during your final women's college world series press conference that you were asked about a young girl you inspired from up here in Canada. Who was that? Who was that exactly? Yeah, Abby. I know Abby quite well. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yes. So I've had Abby on the podcast. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, no, Um, no, here's the thing. I got to know Abby. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I I got to go Abby when I was maybe like, Maybe a sophomore, not a sophomore. Was it sophomore? It was sophomore or junior year. Um, they had come down to her dad had messaged me and stuff. Like they'd come down to watch the games and like one of the games we were playing. I think it was like at North Florida or something like that or Central Florida and the game was sold out so they couldn't come. And like, well, we're gonna stay around a little bit longer and like go to the like go to like the FSU game. And then I remember we ended up losing that SEC that uh, the FSU game. And and when we lose, like. Coach Walton doesn't like losing. Our team doesn't like losing. So he's like, hey, like, say your goodbyes to your parents. We're getting our food. We're driving back to Gainesville sort of thing. Oh. Um, but I, I remember I was like, hey, like, I, I was talking to Coach Rocha and Coach Walton. I was like, hey, like, this little girl, like, really wants to meet me. Like, I haven't, like, she, she, she's traveled all the way from Canada. She couldn't, she couldn't get tickets for this game. Like, can I just take a moment to, go, like, go and talk to her and stuff? And that's kind of, like, where our relationship started. Um, that's so, awesome. It was from there, like she came down to Gainesville and I got to like, you know, help. I, I, t- I helped her kind of, I helped her. I taught her how to throw my rise ball, which she kind of still does versus her dad's rise ball. Um, and it's just, I saw a picture. I saw, a, I was just kind of like on social media and I saw a picture the other day and I was like, when did she get so big? I feel old. Oh, you just wait. It's cause you know, it's funny. I asked, like I, I reached out to her and I said that I was doing this podcast with you. So she was excited and we put a little thing together. Want to hear it? 
Yes, I would love to hear it. Okay. And you know what's crazy? When we did it, I was like, because I interviewed her two years ago for the podcast. And now mm-hmm. she's 13. And I was like, holy cow, Abby, sounds different. <laughs> like that, that was my biggest thing. So here, I'll let, I'll let you hear it. Okay. Hey, Abby, how you doing? I am doing great, Randy. Thank you. I hope you are doing great as well. Well, thank you very much. Listen, I'm interviewing one of your idols, Kelly Barnhill, and I'm doing some prep work for, for the interview. Do you have a, uh, a favorite moment from Kelly's career that I should watch? That's an easy one. It was the 2019 SEC Championship game against Alabama. It was Kelly's third game in a day and a half, and Florida won 2-1. to one. That Alabama team was amazing, and Kelly was using her two-seam fastball more than usual. The pitch was 71-72 all game, and Kelly's last pitch, which was her 140th of the game and 350th of that weekend, was a 74-mile-per-hour two-seam fastball. It was the hardest pitch she threw all weekend. 74 is crazy speed, and I love watching that pitch over and over again. So that's the game I think you should watch. All right. Well, I'm definitely going to check that one out. Um, You seem to have a pretty special relationship with Kelly. Uh, Can you tell me what she's meant to you? That's a big one. Kelly has meant the world to me. She taught me my rise well. She has the best 12-6 backspin that I've ever seen, and I'm so lucky that she taught me mine. However, the main thing Kelly has taught me is how big of an impact your idol can have on your life. I met Kelly when I was eight, and even now, at 13, we still talk. She encourages me to dream big, because if your dreams don't scare you, they aren't big enough. Even receiving a message from her makes me as excited as it would have when I was eight, and I'm 13 now. I hope that if somebody looks up to me one day, that I make them as excited as she makes me, and that I'm half as good as an idol as she is. There you go. How about that? Oh, I'm choking up here. Oh, my. <laughs> oh, she's so sweet. She oh, my is. gosh. And she does sound so does... like I could de- like you could definitely tell that she's older now. Oh, I know. Oh, my goodness. I know. And I, oh. she's such a student of the game, too. The fact that she's rhyming off how what your pitch count was like. <laughs> that's so abby seriously like i was like she's like through this many pitches i was like i don't remember how many pitches i threw i do remember i, I do i remember exactly the pitch she's talking about though mm. um <laughs> yeah that's no, awesome was, but i mean well, that you know that's got to be great to hear it is because i mean that's that's that like more important than the game i think it's just how you treat other people and how you inspire the next generation like, cause they're the future of the game, you know, one day is going to come where I'm going to put down my softball and then maybe, maybe I'll like to watch softball a little bit more at that point when I'm not around it all the time. But, and to see like these young kids who like came up to you when you were in college and you signed their ball and autograph and then they come up and they're now playing at the college level. And it's, it's just, it's, it's, it's going to be a very full circle moment. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Heck, I- even even one of the girls that I play with here in Taiwan, not Taiwan, in the New Zealand, she went. She was she was in the United States for like the 2015 like Junior World Championships, 
and I took a picture with her. No and way. So now I'm playing on a her. Holy cow. That's yeah. it, that's so crazy. Like it's wild how things can come full circle. It really is. Wow. That's awesome. Um, yeah. I got to ask about your time with the bandits. Cause I mean, you got drafted first overall. Yes, I loved my time. You got, you got drafted first overall. I mean, what was that moment like for you? Cause I mean, you know, it's one thing getting drafted in the first round, but to get drafted first overall, that's a totally different element. Honestly, like it was just like, so actually at the time we had our FLAs, which are like our Florida athletic awards sort of thing. Um, and so they had, they put a special room aside for us because the draft was going on at the same time. So we're in like this little like theater dressing room, um, with all my teammates. Um, and like, you hope you can get drafted. Like, you're like, yeah, like I, like someone, like, I think kind of what they do is they kind of like ask your coach, Hey, is so-and-so interested in playing, you know? Mm -hmm. And they're like, yeah. So you're like, yeah, someone's interested in me. I'll, I'll like, I want to play and everything. Um, so it just kind of like, just, it was just kind of like, you know, you're just kind of sitting there. My legs like kind of shaking up and down. You're just kind of like <laughs> twiddling your fingers waiting. And then like, it like they say, okay. And the number one draft pick is Kelly Barn. I was like, like, it kind of like, I kind of blanked for a second. I was like, wait, me? <laughs> and then I was like, like, <laughs> like, as I expected, I like, I'm like, yeah, I'll get drafted. I don't really know where I'm going to go, what's going to happen or anything. But like, it was just like a surreal moment. Cause like. You know, as a kid, like, so, like, I was, like, first grade or something. They're, like, hey, like, what do you want to be when you grew up? I was, like, it was, like, a dress. That was, like, a career day dress-up thing. Mm -hmm. And I, I came in wearing my softball uniform. And they're, like, that's not a job. Oh, wow. Um, that's awesome. And then, so, you know, coming out and, you know, being that number one draft pick and... Like, you're like, yes, I'm a professional. I'm going to be a professional athlete, mm. you know? Don't you wish you could go back and say, yes, I am. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> Yeah. I mean, like, I didn't, I didn't listen to them much anyway, but. <laughs> oh, that's great. That's great. Now, did I read that, like, you hopped right off a plane, went right to the field and pitched in your first ever professional game? I did. I did. I was, um, was, uh, it was. Yeah, no, literally, I think I, um, we got home from the College World Series. I packed up my apartment in Gainesville, drove home to, um, no, I don't even, I don't even think I drove home. Did I fly right out of Gainesville? I don't know. I'm not, <laughs> I can't, I can't remember. Cause it might've, cause I think my mom had to finish packing up my apartment in Gainesville for me oh. now that I'm remembering it. Yeah. So we got back to Florida and I think I literally like packed up my stuff and then I got on a flight from Gainesville to Atlanta, Atlanta to Chicago, I think is how it went. Mm. And I got there and they're like, Hey, it was like a tight game. They're like, Hey, you want to go in? And I said, I guess, why not? <laughs> and we ended up running. So. That's awesome. Oh my, like, how are the nerves? Can you remember? Like, do you, do you remember being like that? Eh. But at the same time, like, here's the thing. I mean, honestly, I was like, yeah. You're getting off of like, I think your nerves would have been less. Theory. Yeah, because, I mean, you're yeah, hopping yeah, off I mean, of a like, plane. Yeah, it's like exciting to play. I'm like, it was, I, I'm like, it's just softball. It's fun, you know? Yeah. Um, just coming from the, I mean, like, yeah, it's a different level and everything. And the players, like, you know, in col I mean, like, in college, of course, everyone's a good player. But, like, mm. your top two 
not even your top two players. Like it's like playing the best player on every team right. in the lineup, you know? Mm-hmm. So like there's like you thought there was no off player, like no off time going through a lineup in the SEC, the NPF. Right. Oh, Lord. Right. Like you there's no, no there's no off pitch. You leave a pitch there. You're getting rocked. That's right. That's right, too. <laughs> so, I mean, all, all in all, I mean, your time with the Bandits, that was a pretty good time. Yeah, I really enjoyed the Bandits. And Chicago was such a cool city. Like, we were in Rosemont, like right outside of Chicago. I love Chicago. It's probably one of my favorite cities. Once again, I don't think I could do it during the winter. No. But during the summer, it was awesome. Yeah. Great pizza. Um, <laughs> good pizza. Good pizza for sure. Mm. Now, did, now, did you did you start playing in ta- Taiwan right when the pandemic hit? Uh, yeah, I was I was in Taiwan during the pandemic. Oh, uh, I, so I, I know. Because <laughs> I, I saw your quarantine diaries. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yes, they were. It was rough. Um, but so um, I was actually I was playing. I was picking up. I was playing in Australia in August. Uh, in January of 2020. Um, and so when I was, I was there just picking up and playing for their, like na- their state nationals sort of thing. Right. Yep. Like, so like the best from like their regions, like, so like Melbourne, like the, I played Victoria, which is like Melbourne and the state around Melbourne right. and New um, South Wales and all that. Yeah. New South Wales, exactly. And all that. Yeah. So I was, I was playing down there in that tournament. Um, and, um, and I was like traveling around before and after and stuff. And they also played in this thing called like summer slam, which is like softball on like steroids. It's like, what? we're going to start with the bases loaded. We're going to move the fence in and your, the pitchers aren't going to get any warm up pitches. And like, it's all for like TV there to make it more exciting and more quick. What? So I played like that as well. That was crazy. In Australia? Um, I'm just like, this is, yeah, in Australia. I was like, this is, and it's only for like, a, it's like, like a couple of days. It's just for like television. Yeah. There the summer slam um but they're supposed to be more exciting and quick or whatever and like you only play for like three three four innings um <laughs> definitely not a pitcher's game definitely not um, no <laughs> but it was it was an interesting experience for sure but like so at the end of that it was kind of like the end of end of end of january and like i was like we're all kind of like is this covid thing a thing mm. like i literally got home February 6th and it was like world's locked down <laughs> I was like what wow this is wild like how did this just happen um but I had plans to go play in Taiwan um and so I got a special visa um to go play there so I had to do the two weeks of strict quarantine but the cool thing because of the social the strict quarantine in Taiwan it was um actually open like everything was open. There was nothing closed because of COVID. Right. Because like the way the quarantine works, like no one got, no one got past quarantine. Mm. What? So like every, it was life was normal. Like I, I would be watching things back in the United States and the quarantines and everything around the world. And I was like, that's just kind of not my reality here. Right. So, oh, okay. So basically it was like, everything's open, but you just got to do your. Everything, yeah. Everything's open and there's no tourists, the Taiwanese people and me. Right. <laughs> <laughs> who's this who's this american walking around with us here <laughs> that's, that's what i pictured okay but no what the funny thing like i mentioned the quarantine diaries that you posted there's 
it made me laugh, like, especially towards the end, you know, when you were putting on all the different makeup on and playing dress up. <laughs> how how hard was that for you? Like 14 days. That's a long time. Yeah. And it's it's not just that it's like 14 days. Like, it's just like, 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 thankfully, the first place I went the first place I went, like, had the quarantine thing. Like, it had the little roof so I could get some fresh air and stuff. But there really wasn't anywhere to move and walk around. And I'm not very good at being locked up. I like going and doing things. I can tell that. Yes. So, like, it was very hard mentally. So, like, and I mean, like, too, also, like, there's a 12-hour time difference. So, like, when you're trying to call and talk to people, you keep that into consideration and everything Mm. with their schedules and their their time. Um, And so you're just kind of, like, you're just kind of there by yourself. You're just, like, and I think at the point I started doing all the makeup, it was like, I was like, I'm going to look pretty. And I was like, cause I've been looking, I've been looking like a little, living like a little boy. I was like, also for the first four days of that quarantine, they lost my luggage. So like they bought me all these, like, like they pretty much went and bought the biggest size they could find and like basketball shorts and t-shirts and you know, all this stuff. And I was, I look like a little boy. Um, so I want to feel pretty oh, <laughs> to get ready for society. Oh. Um, that's hilarious. But, but yeah, no, the second quarantine was actually a lot rougher because it was um, it was literally like just an apartment room that had one tiny window that went into an alleyway. So you really didn't get that direct sunlight and you weren't allowed to leave the room. So there was no way to like be active and get outside that room. Um, so that was that was really hard. That was a lot harder. Um, thankfully, when I go back this time, I will not have to quarantine. Yeah, really? Wow. So w- when do you go back? Uh, so the season starts April 15th. So I believe we're trying to get the flights out for around April 7th. So I'll have about, I'll have a little over two weeks at home before between the New Zealand's end of New Zealand season and going to Taiwan, Oh, okay. uh, which will be really nice. Cause last had five days at home when I came from Europe to New Zealand. Mm. So are you going to, are you going to stick mainly to home or are you, are you going to go to Tennessee or are you going to go to Texas? Like <laughs> That's how you travel. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm going to be, I'm going to be at home. I'm going to see all of my friends and my parents. Like, like I said, I've only seen my dad like five days in the last six months. I traveled with my mom. So I got to see her and hang out with her more. Right. Like I haven't seen my dad that much. I'm going to see, I'm going to go back and see my pitching instructor. Um, <laughs> I've been going to her. Stacy Tambora. She is, <laughs> she, she, she is the reason I function the way that I function. Right. Um, because without her, like, even at my age, I'm like, yes, I know what I'm doing wrong. And I know some drills to fix it, but like, it always sounds better when someone else is saying it, you know? Yes. Yeah. Like yeah, when they sure. can see eyes and, you know, so like I've been going to her since I was maybe 10. So I've been going to her almost 15 years now. Wow. Um, so I'm definitely going to be, I'm going to, I'm going to be darkening her facility doorstep and be like, I'm back. <laughs> I need to see you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's hilarious. Actually, qu- um, a question I just thought of, like off the top of my head here, because I'm, mm-hmm. this is me personally, like when I'm pitching, <clears throat> I want to see if you have the same mindset. Um, when I'm pitching, like I've had a lot of success. Like I've been pitching for 38 years now. Um, one thing I find that I do is that I get in my own head where I'm like, this could happen. Oh, your head is your own. I literally have don't think like inscribed on my glove. My favorite quote is from Bull Durham. Don't think it only hurts the ball club. Holy, like, I need that it, on it, my glove. <laughs> exactly. It, uh, don't think, you know, like 
we are our own worst enemies out there on the mound. Mm. Oh, it's just, it's frustrating. Cause I mean, you know, I think it's going to, something's going to happen and you know, it does <laughs> your own way. Yeah. Oh, well, so, um, so obviously you have been in that mindset before then. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's frustrating. <laughs> anyway, that was a little sidebar from Michael. I just thought of that off yeah. the top of my head. So anyway, so, uh, what does the future hold for you? Like what else is on that bucket list for you? You know, it's, I mean, I, I, I've got, I, um, I haven't, I haven't posted this yet, but I, I crossed some things off. I, uh, I went skydiving, bungee jumping and, uh, cliff jumping here in New Zealand over the holiday. Uh, so that was a lot of Whoa. fun. That was on my bucket list. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> All in the span of like four days. Um, Holy, your adrenaline must have been through the roof. Yeah, yeah. I was trying to go. I was actually trying to go skydiving Christmas Eve, but the weather didn't allow for it, so I had to go two days later. But (laughs) Boxing Day. I was like, well, well, I'm not going to be with. I'm not going to be with my family, you know. So why not do something fun? (laughs) Why not? Oh yeah. But you know, like I mean, there's some still things like that I want to do. Like I want to. I mean, like, there's like little things like, oh, I want to, I want to learn how to scuba dive. I want to do like that kind of thing. I still want to keep traveling. Um, um, I'm, but for me right now, actually, like I have one more semester in my master's program. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to be graduating this uh, spring. Um, So I've been, I've been literally, I've, I've been in school since I've been at the University of Florida. I've been in school the last, what, seven years, four years, four, almost, almost seven, eight, seven, eight years. Holy cow. Um, so I'm about to finish up, I'm about to finish up my second master's degree um, because I was like, well, I don't have anything else better to do. I'm just playing softball. So I'm like, I can multitask. I can do softball in school. I've been doing it my whole life. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> so I was like, why not? If I'm not getting professional experience, I can be working on getting another degree, you know, that I haven't used yet. Yeah. Why not? Let, hey, just go for another master's. <laughs> Ironically. Where do you think I'm getting the second degree? Take a guess. Ooh. I thought it was. Is it in? Obviously, it's going to be in the States. It's um, online. Yeah. Um, it's online. This is a good one. This is a good. Is it Alabama? No. Uh, worse. Oh. <laughs> How could it be worse? Oh, Florida, Florida, Florida. Oklahoma. Oklahoma. Oh, my jumping. Oklahoma. Wow. <laughs> Sooner yeah. Nation, Sooner Nation. Wow. I know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. How, how does that feel? <laughs> I'm a little conflicted. <laughs> Not going to lie. <laughs> oh, that should have been the first one that popped in my head. Wow. Oh. Yeah. So. <laughs> That's great, that though. It was a lot, it's a little ironic, but they just had the best program for kind of what I was looking at. Mm-hmm. I honestly wasn't looking to do a second master's, but my dad, like, it was like 2020 or whatever. And I, ju- I was just about to finish my, my first master's degree. And, um, my dad's like, well, why don't you go for a PhD? I'm like, no, I don't want to do a PhD. I don't want to have to write like a, a hundred page paper. That's not like what I like doing. Right. Um, he's like, well, I'll just kind of look whatever. And I was like, fine. It was when I was with athletes unlimited and I, we were pretty much the only places we were allowed to go was the hotel and the softball field. So I was like, well, there's nothing else better to do. Right. Um, <laughs> so, <Get a> master's. <laughs> so, so I was like, okay, let me go look up programs. And I was looking at like PhD programs and stuff, but I actually found this master's, the master's in global affairs uh, through the university of Oklahoma online. And it was like, 
literally like all the classes were things that I was interested in. It was like, right now I'm in a global political turbulence class. Uh, there's a diplomacy class, U.S. intelligence agency classes. Like there were just really interesting classes that were like all kind of spoke to the interests that I mm. wanted to kind of pursue. Um, and I was like, well, these kind of go along with my other degrees. Like my undergrad is in public relations from University of Florida. My first master's degree is in global strategic communications from UF. And I was like, okay, so we have, you know, how to communicate, how to communicate to a global audience. And now it's more of kind of like, what are we communicating to our global audience? And what are the issues that we're trying to communicate? So, hmm. so what do you, like, what, do you yeah, what are you looking to get into? Like, is there anything specific that, or, or you anything? Know, I, I it used to be a lot more specific. I used to think I wanted to be a public sir, uh, public diplomacy officer, which pretty much means like someone who works at the U.S. embassies. I wanted to be in more public diplomacy, which pretty much being the connection between the U.S. embassy and the local people and the local population or whatever the embassy is based. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not really sure that's exactly what I want to do anymore. I don't know if I want to. There's a very long process that you have to do to get in. And most of the time, the people they accept are over 30 and with other like job experiences. Mm -hmm. So like very unlike, and then the exams are very hard. The civil service exams, there's a written portion and oral person, you get a past security clearance and all this other stuff. So I'm like, I don't think that's what I want to pursue at least right out of, you know, getting into the real world sort of thing. Right. So maybe it's something I could potentially pursue down the line, but I don't think that's exactly the path I want to take right away. Mm -hmm. um, I honestly really don't know. Um, I'm kind of, it's kind of a, it's kind of, it's something that I've been, I'm trying to, I'm, that's, that's one of my goals for this year is to kind of more formulate a plan and kind of figure out what direction I want to go now that I'm going to be graduating. Um, an idea that I've kind of had and, you know, if anyone out there listening has an idea, shoot me a message. Um, <laughs> you heard it but, here first. <laughs> exactly. But I, I, I think I kind of might want to kind of maybe potentially head into kind of like the DC realm and maybe work, work in like, not necessarily in politics, but around politics. Mm -hmm. um, I met a, a summer through my master's program who was really amazing. And she worked for like a NATO think tank. And she really got to do a lot of interesting things and got to travel and like deal with policy. And I thought that was, I thought she was the coolest person ever. That's awesome. um, and I was like, I think I want to be, you. I think I want to be you when I grow up. <laughs> so, um, so I'll be reaching out to her soon and kind of figuring kind of some things out from there. But um, I don't know. I have a lot of I have a I have a lot of different ways I can go, which is kind of why I, I it's kind of why I did public relations when I started because I'm like I don't exactly know where I want to be and what I want to do, but it's a wide enough degree that everyone needs it, especially in this digital age. Yeah. Oh, for sure, for sure. I so you know that's awesome. I can't I can't wait to see what happens with you. So, um, me either. Me either. <laughs> me either. <laughs> I have a little thing that I like to end the podcast with. Uh, I call it yes. player association. I'm going to, I'm going to throw out some yes. names to you that you're okay. familiar with. If you touch on them a little bit, if you have a funny story, let it fly. Mm -hmm. First one. Okay, let's go. First one, Alicia Casio. I love Alicia. She is probably one of my favorite play teammates I've had when I was playing at the university. She is such a real human being and like, a true friend like she, Alicia will have your back and fight someone for you if she needs to. <laughs> um, she um, and she's done so much for the softball community and like everything that she she, she continues to do such amazing things. I, I love 
following her and seeing what she's up to all the time, like launching her own clothing brand hmm. and all the brand deals she's doing with like Nike and like going to these celebrity softball games, football games. Like I'm just like, she, she is so cool. I love seeing her do amazing things. Yeah, for sure. Uh, uh, next up, a uh, friend of the podcast that we've had on here, uh, Tori Vidalis. Oh, I love Tori. I, I'm going to love all these people. I know. <laughs> I love these people. Um, Tori, I got to, I, I, I didn't, I didn't really know Tori that well in college. I mean, like we played against them, of course, and she was always one of the players, you know, you have a star next to you be like, Hey, don't let this player beat you. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really got to know Tori when I was playing in Taiwan. Um, so we got to go on a lot of really cool adventures together and just kind of, you know, being the only two, you know, really English speaking around, we got to really bond through that. Mm. Well, actually one thing that I noticed doing my research when I was like, I, of course I, I do a deep dive when I'm doing my research. So <laughs> you have a video on your Instagram where you guys are like looking towards the dugout and then you do the exact same ex- expression. Oh, that wasn't looking towards the dugout. That was, oh. that was, that was looking at the umpires. We're like, what oh, oh, that okay. That that makes a lot more sense. <laughs> we're we're like, they're, they're, they're made, I don't remember exactly what the call was, but I remember it was just like we're like, like it was a very <laughs> obvious call, and like they were talking about it, and then they made the opposite call of what we thought it was, and we're both like, what? Like, There's no way. It's almost like you were on a loop together. Like you just did the exact same expression that, like, exactly how. Like it was just funny. It was like a mirror image. Well, I loved it. What you, what you do is like when you're in those countries and you can't express your dissatisfaction with words <laughs> yeah. or anime or features. Yeah. Oh, you definitely got it across there for sure. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, three more here. Uh, next one, Michelle Floyd. Oh my gosh. So on, I, I'm a little bit mad about myself with Michelle because Michelle moved to Atlanta and she started working out of the same pitching facility that I do, uh, Champions Fast Pitch Academy, um, probably about for a year before we ever even talked. Like she just kind of showed up one day and we never really got formally introduced. Um, and we really didn't start talking until I um, until I was about to go to Italy. And so I started like talking to her because she played in Italy and like literally we hit it off. Like she is one of my best friends. Like she she, she'll go and do anything with me like we'll go and do photo shoots she'll go to like an anime convention with me we went to the renaissance fair together like she 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 is i i probably one of my best friends that i've had that's awesome that's awesome uh next up yeah sorry sorry no go ahead did you have something else oh yeah i'm just saying it's like it's like crazy how like you can be in someone's vicinity until you start like talking. Then you're like, oh, my gosh, like we vibe. Oh, I know. That's so true, though. That's so true. Yeah. Um, next up, Nicole Thomas. Oh, I, I love Nicole, too. And her sister, Lindsay. Lindsay, I yeah. actually saw I saw her sister. I've seen her sister more recently than I've seen Nicole. I saw Lindsay um, like almost a month ago. Uh, she let me stay with her. She let me stay with her. Um, Christchurch when I was traveling around and she showed me around. We did some hikes together and everything. Um, but yeah, so I also got to know Cole in Taiwan when we were playing and we didn't have that much time together because it was mm. only the end part of the season I was with her. Right. Um, but it was still really amazing. in Italy at the time. So we met up once or twice when I was in Italy and got to hang out when because she was down in the Florence area. So I stayed with her and her sister when Florence and kind of went around and then, yeah. And now I'm 
in New Zealand and I visited her sister. It's it's so crazy how like small international softball community gets sometimes. Oh, for sure, for sure. And of course the the Thomas twins training untamed, if you want to follow them yeah. on Instagram and all that. They do a lot of mental game stuff. Yep, for sure, for sure. And last but not least, we talked about him quite a bit on here, Coach Tim Walton. I am just so thankful for Coach Walton. Um honestly like him recruiting me to the University of Florida changed my life. Um, and just the way he approaches the game and the way he approaches people, he is just so real. Um, it's like, I, I, me personally, like I, I, I try to be as transparent as I can. Like I am, I don't try, I, I, I am not very good with fake people. Mm. Like people put on a persona and, for the cameras or put on persona for some people and versus others. Coach Walton is so real. Like what you see is what you're going to get. And like, I just, I, I'm just so thankful for the relationship that I got to develop with him over the past, probably almost the past decade at this point, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and like I said, I, I could call him up right now if I needed something and he would do his best to help me. Or if, even if I just needed to talk or I needed advice, mm-hmm. um, I know that he would be there for me. And I think that is kind of something really special. Um, I mean, they say like, you don't, you shouldn't choose your program because the coach, cause they could leave or, and like, you should like love the school. But I think I, I really did choose Florida because of the relationship. Um, and mainly in part because of the relationship I had with coach Walt and then how he treats his players. Mm-hmm. Wow. Great way to end the podcast right there. I mean, awesome. Awesome episode. Kelly, I got to thank you so much for coming on. This has been one of my favorite episodes I've ever done. The, the fact that, you know, first of all, I got to talk about Miraculous with somebody. That That's pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know. No one else is going to know what talking about. Yeah, we be, know. Yeah. And besides my eight-year-old daughter, I mean, she's, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> that's the only time. But uh, no, really, I, I appreciate you taking the time. You know, the fact you're down in New Zealand playing ball and coming on to do this. I really appreciate it. And I wish you nothing but luck going forward. Thank you so much. I was really um, thankful to be able to have this conversation and, you know, just be able to talk about softball and, you know, the opportunities that young girls can kind of see through me to like travel. Like, you know, there, there's a, like, I feel like a lot of people don't know that you can play softball overseas and there are opportunities to travel and see the world. And I think the more of the world you can see, the better, like it's, Mm -hmm. it's such a wild world out there. And it'd be a pity just to see just a small sliver of it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Listen, get those pictures loaded so I can uh, check out the rest I, of your trip. <laughs> I'm doing the best I can. All right. After, after we get off here, I'm going to start packing. I'm heading up to uh, the Bay of Islands up north and doing some camping this weekend. I'm not really a camping girl, Ooh. but we're camping. So. Okay. How many's going? Just me. Oh, why not? Of course. Of course it's just you. So. <laughs> I, I ask other people; they were busy. Yeah, um, yeah. but <laughs> uh, that's awesome, though. I can listen. Get those pictures uploaded. I want to see them, and I, I like, and especially this camping trip. If you're going by yourself on a camping trip, you got to post this stuff too. <laughs> I, it, it's on the list. All right, it's, I'm working. I'm gonna work on it. <laughs> awesome. Okay, take care, Cal. Thank you so much for having me on. I really appreciate it. Uh, absolutely. I'm not gonna let me go crazy 
Showered, heaven changed, same clothes, different day. Another good morning, pissed away. Hey, got the whole world looking right at me. Actually, feels like people starting to look past me. I've been around. Feels like this just might be a last dance. I'm frustrated, I'm past tense. I still don't feel like I has been. I don't, but it's like a ghost town up in the studio. Nobody comes around here no more. I guess it's just how the movie go. I don't like playing my old friends' new songs They don't listen to rap like back when They all grew up, kinda moved on And how could I blame them, huh? I used to sleep, eat, and breathe this shit But now the older I get I'm questioning if I really needed this I used to stress what people said And what people thought about me Now I worry about if my daughter Can make it home from school without me But still at the same time As I'm writing this rhyme I'm in my kitchen My daughter's trying to tell me about a day I hear but not really listening I'm staring at her But in my head I'm putting these words together I know that I need to do better Cause what I do now could change forever Shadows running in my head lately But I don't mind See I'm not gonna let me go crazy Not this time It's a fall from paradise I'm so indecisive these days And musically I feel confused Don't know what I'm liking these days I just think it's time to check all the new shit Plus all of the